Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Blaze. We are joined right now by Councillor of Ward 109 in the um, Makassar um, area, Peter Halfridge, who is a, a, a very active councillor, I must say, writes letters to the president directly and is always keeping abreast of what's happening in and around his community. Peter, thank you for joining us once again. Good morning. Thank you very much, Patricia, to you and your listeners for having me. It's quite an honor to be on your show again. Uh, yeah, a very good morning. So, Peter, please give us an update. Uh, uh, in May, towards the end of the month, uh, you wrote a letter to the president outlining challenges in your community, one of which was uh, a very top of the list was that of the power outage that uh, was due to um, ill infrastructure, uh, infrastructure maintenance and uh, and the likes. Please tell us, have you received any response from this letter that you sent to the president in May? Thank you very much. Um, yes, I, I wrote to the president on the 22nd of May because of these extended power outages, um, the power outages that usually starts after load shedding in our ward, and this was due to failing infrastructure of ESCOM and also a failure by ESCOM to protect their, their infrastructure at certain hotspots. Um, I did not receive a response from the president directly, but on the 8th of June, um, minister in the presidency, uh, Minister Kosinto Ramakopa, his office contacted me to inform me that uh, the president's office has now handed the matter over to the minister and that the minister's office will deal with the matter directly. Um, so I still await a response from them, um, but they have asked me to give them some time to look into the matter. All right. Does this give you and your community comfort? I must tell you that uh, we did not expect any response, and um, this really shows us that um, we will get some answers to the ongoing issues that we have experienced in our ward. Um, I, I believe some work has also been done in the background because on the 9th of June, um, ESCOM uh, senior management came back to us to tell us that they have now finally repaired the substation that have been giving us problems since the 1st of, of May. So we're quite happy about that. Mm. All right. Uh, that seems uh, that uh, being cordial, being strategic in how you communicate your challenges as a community can yield results. It might not be as speedy as we wanted, but it does yield results. There's a new issue that has marred your community, Peter. Please uh, tell us about it, because this issue scares me. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so I have to tell you that even though the substation has now been repaired, the one that has been giving us these extended power outages um, um, of since the 1st of May, we have had an issue in our ward uh, where there is one cable supplying our ward with electricity. Um, and this cable has been failing over and over for the last 12 months. We have seen bodies being dumped in our ward over the last 12 months. But... Um, 
since the 1st of May, we have seen a rapid increase um, of these bodies being dumped in our ward. So I can tell you, for example, from Saturday the 27th of May to, 3rd, uh, to June the 3rd, we have seen four bodies being dumped in our ward within a space of more or less a week. Um, on the morning of Saturday, uh, the 27th of May, a woman was discovered and found in shallow water on Makassa Beach. And she was discovered at around 7 a.m. by a fisherman. Yesterday, it emerged that this woman is a 23-year-old Shalene Isak, who people know as Poppy. Um, and she lived in Voorbrug in Delft, uh, which is not in our ward. So this person was um, obviously seems to have been murdered outside of our ward and then just dropped in our ward. Um, then in a second incident, on Sunday the 28th, we found another body on Makassar Road of a man who also seems to not be from our ward. Um, on, the on the 1st of June, another body at about 4.30 was discovered again on Makassar Road. Um, and then on the 3rd of June, another body was dumped. This was again <laughs> We don't have much um, information um, about the other three bodies. We're still waiting for that. But it's quite clear to us that uh, the uh, we believe all four of these bodies are bodies of residents or people that did not reside in our ward. Um, it seems that these um, people are being murdered outside of our ward and then just dumped in our ward. It also seems to us that the dumping of these bodies coincide with the with the prolonged power outages and that criminals are making use of of our darker ward is it's an ideal area for them to just dump the bodies and get away with it mm, this is so scary this is so scary now when these bodies are discovered um and then obviously reported to police officials what are the police officials saying why is uh Makassa a hot spot for this gruesome and illegal activity. Thank you for that. Um, well, uh, we, uh, our SAPs have not given us any feedback on this yet. Um, we rely very much on, on the media um, who has provided us, for example, with the, the identity of the woman that was discovered recently. Um, we, do, we do sit and have various meetings with our local uh, SAPs. We do ask them for more visibility. Um, on Makassar Road and especially on um, Makassar Beach. But I have to tell you, we've been sitting with this problem for quite some time. We try to work very closely with SAPs in Makassar. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we, we, we respect our, our, our officers very much. Unfortunately, in our case, our SAP station is wholly undermanned and wholly under-resourced. At times, you will find that there's only two officers on duty. It's impossible for them to be everywhere in a, a big ward like this. It's also very um, impossible for them to, to patrol everywhere and to be visible. So um, we have been struggling with this for quite some time. We have been speaking to the provincial commissioner. We've even written to, um, after we haven't had success in the past, we've written to um, Minister Bekitsele. Minister then sent uh, somebody to our ward. Uh, we presume it's from his office um, that came and did an investigation last year when we wrote to him. Um, they were going to provide us with the report to tell us that, um, uh, to, to, to tell us if they, we are really under-resourced, as we are saying. That report has never emerged. They have never provided us with feedback. We are still waiting. 
But we know as a community that our SAF station is under-resourced because if you have crime in our ward happening in two places at one time, um, you will find that SAFs will only be able to go out to one of the uh, one of the crime scenes because they do not have enough manpower to go to a second one. Um, therefore, they also do not have enough manpower to to patrol, um, for example, Makassar Road and Makassar Beach where these bodies are being dumped. I'm going to go to voice note uh, so we can hear what A-teamers are saying. And hopefully it's A-teamers from the community of Ward 109, Makassar. With the dumping of bodies in the area of Makassar over the past week and a half, it's very alarming as a resident um, that our community have now to live in fear not knowing what will happen during load shedding and with the fact that our local police station is under resource to deliver service to our community. Um, we appeal to national and provincial government to step in and um, assist our local police department with the necessary enforcement to combat crime in our area and also to ESCOM to eradicate the extra power outages that we experience in our ward. I'm Sir Alan Lowe-Davids, Ward 109, Makassar. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. My name is Mr. Granville John Paulson from Ward 109 in Makassar. You know, this last couple of months, I think it's 11, 12 months now, we've been struggling with ESCOM for this, with all this load shedding. And during load shedding, a lot of criminals actually decide that's the time to steal. You know, they don't even care about your dirt bin. They even steal your dirt bin. Makassar is busy to, to develop, and they put those new fences on in the... Um, yeah, by the sports field. They have the audacity to steal that too during load shedding. This is unacceptable. And if you phone the police, oh, please, that's another case. Because they don't attend to it. Because uh, sometimes they're very slow, sometimes, sorry to say it like that, sometimes they're very slow. They are driving up and down with their blue lights, but nothing. Not for uh, to catch criminals. I think that's for the fashion. Sure. It seems uh, that uh, residents of Ward 109 are seeing a lot of challenges. We'll be back. Let's take a quick break. Our guest is uh, the councillor of Ward 109. We are still uh, with you here on SFM, The Morning Bliss, 104 to 107 nationwide. Our guest is uh, the Ward Councillor of uh, Ward 109, Peter Halfridge in Makassar. Peter, your community members are, are really distraught with uh, the, the various challenges they're facing, the various um, unfortunate issues that happen due to load shedding, the ripple effects of load shedding. Are, are there any active community policing forums that are, are currently patrolling Makassar? Because it seems police resources 
are limited or uh, not forthcoming? Thank you very much. Yeah, we are a very active community. Uh, we do have an active policing forum, but we also have an act. Uh, we've got nine enabled watches. Now, I have to tell you that they're very active. Um, I, for, uh, for example, um, as a ward councillor, have uh, received every year, uh, I received ward allocation that I can distribute to, to various projects. I've decided um, to, to distribute much of the funds this year and last year to our neighborhood watches to empower them with things like bicycles, radios, um, jackets, and various other things. Um, for them to do these patrols. I'm very happy to say that they're quite active, but unfortunately, these are also working um, individuals, so they cannot patrol 24-7. Um, at, uh, at around 2 a.m. in the morning, they, they, they then knock off to get ready for work tomorrow, to get some sleep and get ready for work for the next day. Um, and this is normally when these uh, incidents seem to happen, when there's no uh, visibility of... of, of both SAPs and our neighborhood watches. Mm. So you are active, you are doing the work that needs to be done, but the support is needed. We're going to wrap up our conversation with you, um, but tell us what is it that the community needs? And I'm sure someone is listening in high authority because you are sending letters and you are on the media making public that which is a challenge in your community. So what is it that you need right now? Thank you very much, Patricia. There's a few things. Um, one would be for ESCOM. You know, we, we are not unreasonable and we're also not a community that just complains. We have provided various solutions to ESCOM um, to, for, for us to be able to resolve the issue of these extended power outages. I think it's important for us to start with these extended power outages because these crimes seem to coincide with these extended power outages. There's a damaged cable supplying the whole of the ward with power. Uh, this cable is damaged to the extent that it can no longer hold the load. Every time after load shedding, this cable um, um, seems to damage and then we are left without power for extended periods. We, we have asked ESCOM what needs to happen for us to get this cable replaced. They've informed us that they do not have the funds to do it immediately. It's a few million rand, and they just do not have the funds to do that right now. We have said to them, it's fine. Give us some time. We will try and come up with the funds. We have then knocked on the doors of various local businesses, and we have come up with the funds. We have now said to ESCOM, can we now replace the cable? Yeah, we have the funds. They now tell us that it's going to take between 9 and 12 months for them to accept the funds or accept the donation. Similarly, we've said to them we are able to provide private security and pay for it. This also will not cost you a cent. Um, provide private security to protect uh, their infrastructure at critical points. We have done so on various roads. Uh, where we are now on one of the roads is on the R102. We have placed, uh, uh, we found a donor and placed a permanent, two permanent securities there with a dog to uh, protect the cable where um, vandals will normally damage it. Um, and uh, that was easy for us to do because it was in an open road. But we cannot now place a security inside of a substation. We are going to have to get uh, the cooperation from ESCOM and the approval from ESCOM to allow us to place securities inside of these 
the substation. So that is a few solutions that we have provided to them, but we really need ESCOM to come to the table. Very true. I think uh, ESCOM needs to uh, help every community in South Africa um, and, um, and, and and see the, the adverse impact of uh, these uh, outages. Thank you very much for being proactive. Thank you and your community for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. A-team, as uh, we are going to play some voice notes uh, from uh, some of uh, the community members. I don't think we'll get through all of them, but we'll do as much as we can. <laughs> 